Hello and welcome to episode 11 of On an Unrelated Note. I am Chris and alongside me as always is Daniel. How are you, sir? Well, you know, um, considering that I'm actively trying to leave this meeting. It's <laughs> uh, not a good start. No, it could be, you know, we can only hope it goes up from here. Uh, <laughs> fortunately, I'm not uh, the only only person here. You've got more reputable uh, people to join you uh, as we have done the last couple episodes. So that's a, a plus. This is true. Uh, we, uh, we're excited this week to have Scott from the Dyslexic podcast uh, talks, uh, not just Disney, everything, theme parks, uh, really good. You need to go check it out. How are you doing today? I am fantastic. And I am so excited to be here. Like you have no idea. <laughs> it's it's always good to talk theme parks. There's never a bad time. <laughs> uh, so this week, it's the last few weeks in theme parks have been kind of contentious. There's been a lot happening, and even even beyond that, I think the value is being questioned of certain parks. So uh, I thought we'd kind of touch on that and. Uh, we'd kind of uh, put the the charm of the regional theme park versus the the money of these big theme parks and uh, and really just dig down into which one at this point is actually worth visiting. Um, I, I mean, I know this week, uh, Disneyland today as of recording has had the walkout. Um, people have been calling on Disney to, to talk on the Florida bill and Disney was kind of dragging their feet and that angered people. And with all of the political and everything, you also have the emergence recently of the Lightning Lane, which has been an absolute disaster. And I haven't talked a lot about that, but uh, I'm going to give uh, some, uh, I'm not going to hold back today on my thoughts on uh, just how, oh goodness. <laughs> so um, your, uh, your closest park is Holiday World, correct? Yes. Um, Holiday World's my home park. It, it has my heart and soul and every bit of love for it. I even got my Santa Claus Land 75th anniversary reversible poster right there. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. I, uh, I And like the thing with Holiday World, funny enough, since I just mentioned Lightning Lane, is the thing they don't have that most parks have is like that express lane system. Mm -hmm. And it, it makes the lines slightly long, but it's also not a like a crazy crowded park like some of the others mm -hmm. i know it can be but even at that i believe um to ride the the best wooden coaster in the country uh the voyage um i i only waited like 45 minutes midday which it, it's it's also a tricky cue because from the outside you think oh it's not bad you got that secret underground section by the tunnel and then you go back yes. up and <laughs> i and like that that's the thing that that sticks out most for me with them is the lack of that but i've not really found that to be a major issue for me i don't know if that bothers you at all but i've never really found it to be an, a hindrance of that park i don't think so at all and, and if i'm honest i feel like it's more of a benefit um because holiday world is a like high value park with, you know, the free parking and the free soft drinks and all this stuff. And no, I'm not sponsored by them. I wish I was though. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, I think not having that system allows 
honestly for a more enjoyable day because you're there's not all this extreme extra planning you have to do like you do for disney universal and there's also not an extra upcharge just to ride the same ride you already paid to get into the park for um and i think i think it's just a benefit because even going to like parks like king's island cedar you know cedar point the six flags chain parks Hershey parks with all with that do have those um added benefits and added lines for that um the lines still seem double for a park the same size as holiday world with the same amount of attractions yeah and i know daniel doesn't really do coasters but um i feel like a park like like disney you would have gotten more more out of your your well if you would ever do lightning lane but uh yeah. Even yeah. with like the fast pass system, I know you got more out of your trip with that, which I think that's where Lightning Lane harms people like you who don't love coasters as much because the the all the rides you're going to want to be on pretty much. Yeah, they uh, I mean, I feel like the Disney parks for several years now have really catered to a certain type of guest and they continue to head in that direction. Um, and one of the great things about the Disney parks to me, when I first got into it was how diverse it was for, you know, for families, for, you know, any type of, you know, any age, any type of thrill seeker level. Um, and whereas a lot of the other parks were not, uh, headed in that direction. And now I feel that the Disney parks are just trying to keep up with all the others and the implementation of lightning lane is just one more step in that direction. So I'm, I'm a little, uh, you know, it's, it's cut me out a, a little bit, but, uh, I understand that I'm not, uh, your, your typical, uh, Disney either. <laughs> and, and it's funny, uh, as far as like holiday world, not having the, the system there, we went last year, I believe it was in March of last year when it, it was just standby. And and granted, that's when there was true crowd control with far limited capacity. But it was right. kind of amazing. Like no one had a choice but to be in that standby line. And it was one of the best trips I've ever had. We walked on to almost everything in that park. Like uh, for the first time ever, I walked at noon onto the Haunted Mansion, never stopped, went straight in. Now, the stretching room was closed, which made the room mo- or the line move faster. But it, it was it was honestly kind of nice having that little like section of Disney has no extra lines. You can get on just like the Holiday World model. And maybe, I don't know, maybe that's why Holiday World works. Like it forces everyone to spread out. <laughs> I um, kind of think so in that aspect i've seen a few videos where people actually break down the system of like formerly fast pass and now lightning lane and you know systems like that and ultimately it act uh numbers wise you know logistically and like in the real world i don't know but numbers wise it would seem as if it, it seems as if it actually increases wait times because of the uh, ratio of how many people get in through lightning lane or fast pass or quick queue or whatever you have and how many people get through with standby and so ultimately both lines end up sometimes being the same length and there's no difference yeah and like i, I and that's you know i guess that's why it worked so well for us back in march um and i'll i'll just go ahead and do my complaining now i uh, we uh we went to just one day 
we stayed on Universal property, which we usually do, uh, just because we have the pass there. And not only does the pass make it cheaper, but as far as value goes, Universal resorts are much cheaper to stay at than a Disney World resort. So we usually stay there and on those trips and then go like one day to the Disney parks. And the day we went, I said, screw it. I'm going to get Genie Plus. We're going to see how this works. Mistake number one was deciding to park hop. Um, supposedly, it was supposed to work when I jumped to Hollywood Studios. It didn't. It at that point said I didn't have a reservation for that park, so I could not use my my lightning lane selections in that park. So I was like, so we use this for Pirates of the Caribbean, and that's it. That's awesome, because like my kids don't really i mean they don't really do more intense things my oldest likes uh big thunder mountain um and then my my tiniest is two so he can only do the dark rides pretty much and my middle one is like he got on big thunder mountain for the first time and said he's never going to do it again so uh, <laughs> like the lightning lanes essentially were useless in the magic kingdom so i thought well we'll be able to use them in hollywood studios and we couldn't like maybe I should have gone to guest services and asked why, but the app just straight up told me and said, you don't have a reservation, so you can't do this. So unless I screwed something up, apparently you can't park hop and use the thing or else you got to go. Some, somebody has to activate it, but that was a big turnoff for me. And that on top of resort guests get that added benefit of booking at 7 a.m., which means if you want to ride Rise of the Resistance with a lightning lane, which of course you have to pay an extra, whatever, 11 to $17 or whatever it is that day, you have to do that at 7 a.m. or you're not getting it. Like I've been watching it and by 7.05, it's gone, which is just crazy. I, and I, like, I don't know. I, um, I don't know if you have any uh, uh, trips planned in the near future, Scott, but um I, I almost suggest getting it one day just to, just to test it out. <laughs> I actually don't have any trips planned uh, in the future as of right now. Um, and it's honestly for those reasons, if I'm honest, like it's not even, it's not even like a, I can't do it or anything or even a scheduling thing. It's just the fact that personally I'm to the point where I'm like, Disney's getting, so difficult to go to yes that the fun of it's not even even like the fun of planning isn't there anymore because Agreed. it's it's confused it's even significantly more confusing than the fast pass system um and you know that's where i have started to get to the point that i'd prefer to go either to universal if i'm going to go down to florida for my parks or i'm going to start booking or booking trips and making trips around the country to other regional parks or other places that I've always yes. wanted to visit. Um, because right now Disney does not Disney for me personally, if it doesn't for you or anybody who's listening, that is totally fine. But for me personally, I don't feel that Disney has the value or anything that I feel is worth paying the amount to go see anymore. Um, because I feel that I can find similar, if not better attractions at some regional parks or at Universal currently than I can at Disney. Yeah, and and I know Daniel and I have had that conversation just in general. And uh, for that reason, uh, Daniel has become a pretty big fan of, of SeaWorld. 
I have. Yeah. I, um, you know, we, we moved down here almost three years ago and there were several reasons for the move, but one of the, one of them, I, I'd be lying if I didn't say it was, you know, having all the parks here and we spent, you know, we got, we were pass holders at the time. Uh, those passes lasted for about four months after we moved and, you know, we were little, did we know upcoming on the pandemic closures of the parks and everything, but even once they've opened back up, there has been zero desire to renew those passes. Um, my wife and daughter have been to magic kingdom once since then I have not been to Disney parks at all. Um, and instead, yeah, we've looked at some of the other, uh, parks we have been, uh, to universal, uh, two or three times in that time we've been to Legoland, um, with, with you and your family, Chris, Yes. Um, we have been to SeaWorld a couple of times and yeah, I mean, you know, these aren't what we think of in terms of like, you know, regional parks necessarily. They're still you know, the big, uh, big name kind of chain parks down here in central Florida. But, um, I, I think for my, my dollar, every one of them has been worth every bit as much, if not more, uh, like you said, Scott, as, as Disney. And uh, that's, you know, I was always like a Disney over universal person when people, you know, when the, the trend really started that more and more people were getting behind universal as the better parks. Um, I had stated Disney loyalist and I just don't feel that way anymore. I feel like they're getting surpassed all over the place right now. I 100% agree. Um, and sorry, totally don't mean to interrupt. Uh, but uh, I 100% agree with that because I feel as if even just like attractions wise and uh, new offerings, like it's just not there. We don't have entertainment like we did. We don't have the one of a kind attractions like we did. And even just overall, what honestly was the big nail in the coffin for me, surprisingly, was actually the 50th anniversary and how little was actually done and you know yeah exactly and i totally understand the pandemic part like i'm not even blaming like some of the stuff for like some of the attractions i know pandemic had a big chunk uh into that but there's also a lot more to do with it just financially and if honestly if certain higher-ups just felt like they wanted to get it done or not <laughs> um and we were promised all these attractions and then most of them canceled and the 50th had no new offerings except for firework shows and stuff, which can draw some people in, but personally that's not a big enough draw for me. Um, and, you know, I just, I feel the exact same way as you do with that. I don't feel that Disney has the value or the draw that it once did. It really is the combination of a lack of innovation and then just continuing to nickel and dime us at the same time. It's like, mm -hmm. fine, inflation is a real thing. You're going to have to raise some costs here and there, I understand. But, you know, give us some some added value for it instead of taking it away. You know, let us park at these resorts that we're already paying a ridiculous amount for <laughs> without having to pay even more. Let us, you know, get whatever you want to call your fast pass system without having to pay extra 
to, you know, maybe save a few minutes in line for one of your rides. And, and honestly, the thing that got me into the Disney parks when I started going on a regular basis about seven, eight years ago was that there was always something new. I mean, it seemed like every week a new attraction of some sort would open or a restaurant would completely revamp their menu. There would always be something new and exciting. And that's, you know, when you saw the the trend in, you know, vloggers and, and um, people getting involved in like Disney Twitter and stuff, um, because there was always something new to talk about. And now you just see everything stagnating because it's like, well, you know, everything's either as it was or under construction or, you know, there's, there's just, they're, they're not adding anything for us at the moment. And, and I either a new even... cupcake or a new spirit jersey and that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's, it really is though. Like I, that might've been one of the, you're right. Like we got there and, Really, the only sign of the 50th was the number 50 on the castle at Magic Kingdom. It was just like, otherwise, uh, the only other 50th merchandise I got, I got at Disney Springs, not even in the parks. <laughs> I mean, and it was coffee that my wife said was terrible. So, <laughs> uh, But I, I agree on the attraction side, um, and it's a 50-50 for me. First off, they're refusing to open half of their people eaters, which is causing the parks to be unbearable you couldn't move in hollywood studios and it's just not fun at that point and like magic kingdom has so many meet and greets that like you could do something with but we're not and it's just like everybody's just crammed in and then you've got the other side where they announce things like tron and 47 years later it might be built we don't know <laughs> i mean I, and with guardians of the galaxy the only reason we even know is because that guy screwed up and tweeted it out like <laughs> yeah. it, and and the other parks like there's like galaxy's edge could use something else but like or music i mean I walked around the first time thinking, why is there no, like, like, why am I not hearing John Williams everywhere? Like, that seems like a major miss. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, it's, that's probably the saddest point to me. Um, especially cause like my home park, technically, even though it's not the closest one to me is Kings Island. And while it was probably the worst resort uh, in major quotes that I've stayed at, we stayed at Camp Cedar. And I mean, the fact that even Kings Island, a park like that, that's not pulling in quite as many people is starting to try to pull those resorts in. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, Dollywood obviously wants to be a Disney world and I don't know that mm -hmm. they'll ever be on that tier, but I have to say the dream more is nicer than any Disney resort I have ever stayed in. <laughs> Don't, do not get me started on dream War. that is one of the most beautiful places oh, yeah. ever and like the for me the staff was just incredible i never had a bad interaction with the staff uh and we went uh it was march of last year because it was during the basketball tournament um because mm -hmm. I, I remember watching that's the only reason i know I, I watched the tournament in the room but uh it was so it was kind of right as that first wave of you don't have to wear your mask was happening and uh it was funny to 
kind of watched there were certain areas where they they required masks and the the their their employees were doing a great job of people who were being awful like it it always amazes me mm-hmm. watching these people take this abuse and just be like okay i'm just telling you what to do uh and their employees were were so good and that outdoor area i don't know what time i can't i know when you went but i can't remember now uh, but uh my wife and I, okay so my wife and i were there uh in that kind of transition to spring so the pools were closed but we would go out in the morning and have coffee and it was just like fog just covered the entire outside and it made it even prettier (laughs) the smoky mountains just in general is just a beautiful area oh yeah but like dollywood overall is a very beautiful park it has a lot to do but it also has the things that like we were talking about disney is starting to lack you know it has the entertainment value it has the live, like the live entertainment it has um different offerings you know they have their dark ride style attraction they have their family attractions they have the thrill they have the theming they have what we expect out of disney but just on a smaller scale yes and you know to be fair they're in mountains so a little (laughs) bit difficult to do it makes a difference (laughs) (laughs) yeah it makes a difference you know you have to you know move mountains literally to get a couple (laughs) rides in here but you know it's yeah. yeah and I've seen the 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 new resort plans. I mean, it looks like it sits mm-hmm. a little higher up, and that I mean that one looks like it's going to be pretty. And we, for the first time last summer, went to their water park, and I was blown away by their water park. Like I don't know if you, if you've been to it or not. Um, and I can't compare it to a Disney water park because I've not I've not been to those. I'm not sure about you. I know Daniel has correct. I've been to Typhoon Lagoon, yeah, and okay. it's. It's awesome. It's one of the few remaining areas of Disney property that I can still totally stand behind. But and it's uh, affordable. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it doesn't hurt. <laughs> have Have you been to the Disney water parks at all, Scott? I have not. And in general, I'm not a huge water park person. Okay. I don't not like water parks. <laughs> um, it's more so. I am not the size for water. (laughs) (laughs) So as much as I would love to go on all these awesome slides and stuff, I'm a huge fan of that. We don't always work out sometimes. Like Volcano Bay would be a, a, an unfortunate, probably no go for me. Um, I'd love to go. (laughs) I can't talk Volcano Bay up enough though. Like just the aesthetics of Volcano Bay. Mm -hmm. It's so nice. Um, I actually scrambled, uh, that was during my weight loss phase, which I've gained some back, but, uh, I was scrambling to get under 250 because I saw that was like the magic number and I just <laughs> hit it right before the trip. <laughs> I was like, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, that's the downside because Dollywood doesn't have quite as many restrictions like that. I noticed in their water park. Yeah. Uh, and I will say like Universal's water slides were more, they felt more epic, I guess is the word to use. Uh, and that's yeah. no pun for their new gate. But um, I, uh, whereas Dollywood's felt more like that kind of local water park, but uh, it was the most intense water slide I've ever been on. The one I did with my oldest son, it was a, a an enclosed tube slide. And I, at one point, thought I was going to do a full 360 and just fall out of the tube. Like, I was, I was, I rode the side of that thing the entire way down. I was like, this is where I die. This is it. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been on the Otorongo at Holiday World. It's, it's three small black slides that are side by side 
Um, they've been there since like, probably not since the water park opened, but close to it within the first couple of years. <laughs> and I will tell you, those are the fastest, <laughs> most terrifying slides I've ever been on. You go up a flight of like three story stairs. It's, they're not tall at all. I swear by this that they are the most extreme thing I've ever done in my life. I've never gone faster down a slide than I have those three small tube slides. (laughs) I, uh, uh, actually, I, we didn't go to the water park. We, we walked up to it because we realized at one point we were like, oh, we're going to the water park. We don't want to be here. So we turned around (laughs) because you just like all end up there. You don't even realize. It's so easy. It's like, No matter what path you take, at some point you're you're sliding into that water park and you're like, yes. I don't know how I got here. <laughs> I um I, I know uh Daniel and I went to um as far as like later in the year events, Daniel and I went to the, the King's Island Halloween haunt and we oh, like, I miss it. <laughs> I, that was like that was our yearly thing until he moved to Florida and Honestly, like it's it's not going to be on the same scale as Universal, but it's still for the price. Or if you have a pass, you just get in. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite haunt events. I one hundred percent agree. Kings Island's passes are so worth the money because yes. you are getting almost a complete year in those parks because you are going from like April usually yeah. to December. Um, even to January 1st now, because they had that whole New Year celebration this year. Oh, that's right. Yes. And, you know, that's two years and one pass, <laughs> <laughs> technically. Uh, but it those passes are so worth every cent. And, oh, like, yeah. you know, talking about, like, versus major to smaller part, you know, I got my universal right there. And then my holiday world. And, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not a stranger to either. But I have been advocating for the longest time that like people who call themselves disney or universal people uh go to their local parks again give it a shot yes or explore some other local parks like the cedar fair chain um or the hershen chain and i don't recommend the last chain but that's just personally <laughs> me <laughs> uh but you know kings uh, parks like king's island are just so unique and they have that stuff for me, I always went to Kings Island when I needed like a Disney fix because you yeah. have Flight of Fear, which is like the Midwest equivalent to <laughs> Rock and Roller Coaster. Right, yeah. <laughs> you have your centerpiece with the Eiffel Tower. You have the fireworks show at night. You have <laughs> all the different events. You have, uh, you know, you have uh, your Haunted Mansion attraction with <laughs> Boo Blasters. Which like, is so much fun. <laughs> it is. I love Boo Blasters. So my, I have to say, me, Daniel, and another guy who is probably, I don't know, about six foot and pretty broad-shouldered, we all three sat across in one car together on that thing. And I've never been so crammed in a space in my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm all with blasters anyway, so it doesn't matter. Any kind of shooting dark ride, I suck at. I don't care if it's Gobbler Getaway, if it's Boo Blasters, if it's Space Ranger Spin, I'm gonna lose. And I'm like, I'm gonna lose. I just, I'm, I'm awful at that. I actually learned um, uh, Men in Black. If you just hold down the trigger, it gives you like five points uh, every every like couple of shots. So right, there's, there's your tip right there. 
because my my family was like, "How'd you get such a high score?" And I wouldn't tell them for a while. <laughs> oh no! Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I, I, oh sorry, go ahead. I was just to to piggyback on you know yeah the you know how great and equivalent King's Island is in general and and to go you know back to the Halloween on which was really my primary experience there it's I would say the only advantage to Halloween Horror Nights Universal is the IP mazes uh houses um you know it's hard to to find an equivalent for that but in terms of like the original houses I think the Halloween uh, haunt houses stand up to Horror Nights uh, original houses. They're, I mean, they're they're right there, neck and neck. Somebody once said to me because I, I kind of went on like a slight rant about HHN versus local haunts, and I still stand by my statement, which is I don't think HHN is the end all be all of theme park haunts. Um, and you know, people can be mad at me. That's fine. Um, <laughs> If y'all take it that seriously, it's okay. Like, <laughs> it's fine. I'm a singles person. But, um, like, for me, somebody explained it to me in the way that you go to HHN for universal experience of being in the movie, but then you go to local haunts or regional haunts to get actually scared and terrified hmm. and to, you know, have your own horror movie experience. But you go to Universal to be in the movies that you like. But you go to the local, you know. I that's what I said twice. Yeah, uh, and I was like, well, well, when you say it that way, that makes it a lot of sense. And then I can view it as two separate things versus, yeah, regional versus HHN. That's and, a and, yeah, okay. yeah. And I try my best to not like be like, well, this wasn't HHN because like, what regional park's going to have a budget like that? Or you know, movie <laughs> studios on the freaking property. <laughs> <laughs> I, and, uh, and and you know I like I said I love the haunt the only the only criticism I would have is I wish they would switch the houses up more and mm-hmm. last year Urgent Scare was gone which is my favorite house and I was not happy about that <laughs> I uh, but overall like it was I mean it's just a good haunt and we talked before uh, before that Kentucky Kingdom brought their haunt back I'm hopeful mm-hmm. that they. Uh, move up from the two house thing i'm probably not going to go until they they have at least five houses or so right uh, but well now with hershing hershing on it i'm not so sure if we'll get a haunt again silver dollar true. city and dollywood doesn't get haunt they get family friendly events i hope we do because around here unless you drive to king's island which for me personally you know i have kentucky kingdom and holiday world right here in my back pocket and each bin but we don't talk about that um, <laughs> hey, they but, have those old know, school houses the haunted houses don't they like the right yeah, they, they do they do have one uh, old school haunted house uh, where you may see a thing work um <laughs> but uh it, it, unless you drive that you know for me close to five hours to king's island you're not getting any kind of scary theme park event so i hope kentucky kingdom is able to keep that and be like the outlier of the hershen chain but we'll see i'm gonna keep my fingers crossed and hope for it i hope so you you kind of like spoiled my hopes there because i forgot like they don't really like to do that kind of stuff so i i do hope that the management there pushes to keep the event because like i remember as a teenager going to to the fear (laughs) fest stuff like that was so much fun (laughs) 
Oh, I mean, they may still do it because, you know, Dollywood and Summer Dollar City already had that, like, family-friendly push and vibe when they yeah. opened in the first place where Kentucky Kingdom's need always been a thrill park. Yeah. So, you know, and, I won't yeah, be surprised. And with Holiday World being the family-friendly park here, and they've really cemented themselves as this is the place for family-friendly entertainment. Yes. Kings Island does get to be the thrill extreme park, and hopefully they get to continue that. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they do just to be that outlier. Yeah. And and I mean, I guess the crown jewel, the the Cedar Fair Park haunts is going to be not scary. Oh, God, I love not scary farm with all my absolute being. I am a not scary farm (laughs) fan other other than, like, I'm going to, I'm looking forward to see what not scary farms have in more than I am for HHNC. Oh, yeah, they do some, like, they have some cool original ideas. Uh, And actually... We almost planned a trip out there for this October. That was my first thought was like, that's where I'm going. Like for sure. But we, we ended up backing off. So next year I'm hoping to make that trip, (laughs) but their haunt just looks incredible. And it's not a park I've actually been to, but just like their park looks the closest to a competitor to like a Disney or a universal Mm just theming wise uh, silver dollar city actually does have kind of that like they're getting there bigger. yeah <laughs> they're getting there and but like not Bay farm you know they just that's the thing it's like they really push the limit on what a regional park is um considering i mean it was partially an inspiration for disneyland before disney and universal yes. and etc and you know the domino effect happened but like with not um with it being in the Cedar Fair chain, uh, besides Cedar Point, Knott's and Cedar Point and Kings Island are like the three major parks for the chain. Yes. Um, and so they get, you know, the best of the best stuff. You know, sorry, Michigan's Adventure. Sorry, Park, <laughs> sorry, all of you guys. Um, but, you know, they get those uh, those events and Knott's is like the leader for all the the other haunts for the chain. I mean, if you, if you pay it, if you like pay attention or go back and do history for other haunts, which is harder to do for things like Kings Island and Cedar point. But if you really look, a lot of the originals from knots trickle down into the other parks. Yes. Um, and, you know, I just think that's really interesting to see how that works. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, and like, I, I, I heard uh, you had an episode uh, last year where you kind of talked about how uh, Knotts was the uh, precursor for, uh, it was interesting. I didn't yeah. actually realize that initially that they really were like the original hot. <laughs> I, I, uh, and one I've, I've not gone to that I've, I talk about every year and never go to just because the drive's just too far uh, but Daniel could go to because it's like right down the street is a Bush Gardens event, which of course is <laughs> like SeaWorld and Bush Gardens now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But their event looks awesome. And you're not too far from Bush Gardens, right, Daniel? Yeah, I'm about 45 minutes from Bush Gardens. Uh, we've been to Bush Gardens once uh, since uh, we moved here. Um, but yeah, I have not uh, had the experience of um, their. Uh, Really, any I don't guess any of their like Halloween festivities, either the family friendly stuff or the the haunt. Um, and as you mentioned, um, they have moved it 
uh, over to SeaWorld as well now, uh, which oddly enough, even though SeaWorld is like twice the distance away, we seem to end up there more often. Um, so uh, I'm, yeah, I mean, I've, I, I'm shocked I haven't made it to Hallow Scream at one location or the other uh, <laughs> at this point. But um, yeah, I have to make it happen for sure. Uh, you know, next chance we get. And, and that's actually kind of, you know, all this talk about regional theme parks, it, it, it comes, I don't know, that, that brings up a theory of mine, which is that HHN is such a large entity, you know, of itself that competitive, you know, competing haunts, be they like independent or part of, you know, another theme park uh, like SeaWorld or like Bush Gardens, they have a little bit harder time bringing people in. Whereas, you know, I mean, Halloween haunt is great. It's a pretty big event draws in huge crowds, but you know, if you're having, you know, Billy Bob's backyard haunt down the street, you're still going to draw people in, but people are throwing so much of their money into HHN and going multiple nights, getting the frequent fear passes and all this stuff that I think it's, it's, it kind of does a disservice to some of the smaller haunts. Mm -hmm. Yes. That's yeah. Makes it a little more difficult to, you know, to spread the wealth basically. I, yeah, I, that's, that's pretty sad, but it's true, especially in like that, like central Florida stretch uh, all the way over to Bush gardens where like you have a lot of options. Uh, they also have, uh, what is it? Sir Henry's down there. I mean, just like the mm -hmm. local haunts are really, really well done, but you're right. I do feel like the entire focus is, well, Universal's doing this. <laughs> mm -hmm. okay. I, I honestly, I will say um, not hot related. Uh, if I were that close to Bush Gardens, I'm pretty sure I would have been on Iron Gwazi once a week at this point. So. <laughs> <laughs> That thing looks amazing. Uh, but yeah, like I I guess in the end, the edge goes to to Universal on the hot side, but it's close to me. I, I don't know if you all feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel similar. Um I I just I am such a big proponent and I have been for years of going to your local parks and your local haunt events and stuff like that because they put in so much work if not twice the work that universal does and disney does with you know their attractions and their thing you know their haunts their special events and the only reason i say that is because they don't have the budget or the staffing that universal has not that universal team members don't put in hours and hours upon work of course they do it shows that's why they're the number one theme park event but you know these other people are putting in you know sometimes double the work with like half the budget and you're able to support them and they they really take a lot of pride in what they're doing and a lot of local parks do too um yeah i know now a lot of parks are part of some form of chain whether it be bush gardens cedar fair six flags hershen um etc um but even going to those parks that are still a part of a chain, they're still not having the budget as Disney Universal. And you're going to get a different experience. And if you go to the ones that are really pushing themselves to do something different, 
you're going to get a really cool experience. Like one of my bucket list parks, I was talking to a good friend, Parker of mine. Uh, I may get to go to Super Dollar City this year. There's a pinch, there's a potential for that. Um, but one of my big bucket list parks is Busch Gardens Williamsburg because it's just such a beautiful park with such different style attractions. If only they still had the Curse of Dark Castle. I'm still upset about that. <laughs> yeah, that was recent. That, uh, that was sad. <laughs> I uh we we almost planned a trip there in October. Uh we gave our kids the choice and they chose Florida. So I was like, all right. <laughs> I probably would too if I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. That's one I'm disappointed to have missed out on uh when I was a kid because I lived in Williamsburg uh for only about six months as it turned out, and I was tiny i was like three or four so i didn't you know didn't have a choice at that time but uh i remember moving back to kentucky and years later thinking you know finding out oh hey there was a bush gardens there <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, i'm glad i at least got to go to the one in tampa once we moved down here that was kind of like me um there are pictures of me at opryland in nashville before it closed um genuinely don't remember a single thing that happened there. Don't remember going, but I have a good amount of pictures of me at Opryland. That's and awesome. I wish I could have gone when I remembered anything about that. <laughs> if it tells you anything, a good chunk of the time until a couple of years ago, I thought all those pictures were at Disney, just in Frontierland. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it was Opryland. And I was like, Great. Well, I'm gonna add that to my list of parks I've been to. That is good stuff. <laughs> my grandma um, got in a whole probably 45 minute argument with me about it. She's like, "That is Opryland. I know I took you." And I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> sure." <laughs> Most of my pictures as a kid are from Kings Island, uh, and like this basically just makes me old. But uh, one of my very first coasters was King Cobra, and uh, like I'll never forget writing that. I don't even remember how old I was, but my cousins, uh, they lied to me twice. Um, first off, they told me the beast didn't have any hills. <laughs> that was a lie. <laughs> and uh, and then they told me that King Cobra wasn't that scary. <laughs> <laughs> as a kid it's like holy crap I, I remember cresting the hill of the beast thinking oh oh what is this what is this <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean really like it it's I think that's the day that solidified for me that I never wanted to stop riding coasters <laughs> even though I was pretty terrified <laughs> <laughs> I really lucked out because uh, R.L. Stein wrote a book about the beast. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I knew what Beck uh, <laughs> knew in my case to avoid it because they, you know, he described the ride thoroughly <laughs> in the book. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh that's uh yeah that's that's a pretty popular book in the uh there's a keys island season pass holders group but i feel like that book is brought up at least like once a month yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i mean kings uh, island also though has like a really really interesting history like kings island and kentucky kingdom and holiday world I'm a, I'm a big history buff in general um but like theme park history is my absolute favorite thing to learn about you know obviously um, <laughs> <laughs> um but th those three parks have such incredible interesting history as well as knott's berry farm bush gardens too a, a lot of parks have interesting <laughs> histories but like specifically king's island overall has like this really 
crazy history that is just so wild. And some of the like attractions that you see from the Taft days versus the Paramount days versus the Cedar Bear days and like the kind of stuff. It's just, it's wild to see some of the stuff. Cause there's some things that was there for like a season and everybody (laughs) got rid of it. (laughs) Things that were there that have been there since the first day. And it's just, it's, it's so interesting. The, the history of Kings Island. It's, it's crazy. I mean, they have that plus all their ghost stories and all, all that yeah. stuff. So. <laughs> I uh, I believe it's uh, with the Tower Johnny and then like the one on the Whitewater Rapids or what yeah. mine's called. Yeah. <laughs> then there's the I, one in the the like the cabin on the train ride. Oh yeah, I the girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that one. It's yeah. Their 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 history is pretty interesting. Um, actually, as a kid. Uh, we talked about Boo Blasters. That was Phantom of the Opera when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And I loved because uh like you I assume it's the same phantom as in Boo Blasters. They are like sitting at his <laughs> piano. Like that's the one <laughs> moment where I was like, man, this is where it got all hot when you went by the furnace. <laughs> <laughs> that's an attraction I wish I could have done. Cause my first trip to King's Island, although I've you know been around for pretty much all the beloved attractions not all of them obviously it's from 70s I don't know. <laughs> but most of them um but that was just not a place that my family was like willing to go they're like we got holiday world right here that's where we're going so <laughs> that was fine um but like uh uh Tam theater it was one of those attractions that i wish i could yeah. have done it was fun because it just looked amazing <laughs> I I really enjoyed it. Like I have very vague memories of of the scenes throughout. Um, for some reason, that furnace scene stuck out. I don't know if it like scared me as a kid. <laughs> like, like it just sticks in my memories or what. Uh, my first time on Boo Blasters, I was twenty something. I got scared when we went in. There was just a bunch of glowing red eyes, and then a couple flashes, and there were skeletons. I was like, oh. <laughs> We we were there for Christmas back in December, and they actually had it all like Christmas decorations on the ghosts and stuff, which made me laugh. <laughs> I uh, I and I won't go off on this tangent too much because I honestly only have done Dollywood and Kings Island's Christmas stuff, but honestly, Kings Island nailed the Christmas stuff. I I don't know if I've ever I thought Dollywood's was good, but Kings Island's Winterfest is just a new level <laughs> it's like walking into a hallmark christmas movie like, it is <laughs> the best that level of, like you walk in and you think you're in like the polar express and hallmark movies and yes. every santa claus movie and the classics but like every christmas movie you've ever wanted that's what king's island was like walking into yes. at christmas and no i'm not overselling it <laughs> so, <laughs> so much like that and this is like this is one of the few moments where I'd say there was a time when Disney had probably the better event. I've never experienced the Osborne Family Lights. I don't know if you have. I know Daniel has. Yeah, it was really something. I got it. Uh, we actually went on the last year. Um, I'm pretty sure. And yeah, it's, it's an absolute sight to behold. Um, also, the Magic Kingdom Christmas party, um, the Mickey's Very Merry Christmas um was excellent uh we went that uh, to that the same year um you know if you feel like you're missing out on the snow the fake snow mm-hmm. is pretty legit um i am 
you know, it's no secret to anybody who's listened to this. I'm much more a Halloween guy than a Christmas guy. Um, but if you put um, Mickey's uh, not so scary uh, up against Mickey's very Merry Christmas, I, I like the Christmas party better. Um, wow. It was just really good. Um, you know, the, the free cookies and hot chocolate anywhere you go. Fair. Nice touch. The parade's awesome. All the, you know, the special meet and greets um, just yeah, hands down. Um, it's a really fun event and another one that I'm starting to get priced out on as we go, but, oh, uh, yeah. hope to be able to make it again. Cause I've, uh, like I said, I enjoyed it more than the Halloween party. I never thought I'd see that day. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, you said something that kind of like sparked something for me. You were talking about like getting priced out of special events. That's also a big thing with the major parks not so much universal universal you're still able to go to special events mostly reasonably you know hhn's getting up there money wise but fair enough you know fair enough like we said it's a really quality event um but you know you still have mardi gras that's free to go to all the christmas offerings are still free universal but disney you're paying all that extra for christmas (laughs) and halloween and like 20 minutes (laughs) yeah and and you're for 20 minutes and you're not getting that much uh in return although it is a great event. It's super magical, super beautiful. There's a lot of local parks that have really good events. I went to Dollywood's Food and Flower Festival. What was it called? Hold on. I got my path. The Flower <laughs> and some, Food Festival. Yeah, because <laughs> it's basically their flower garden. <laughs> it is, but it was beautiful. The food was absolutely delicious. Um, but then, like we were talking about, Kings Island has Winterfest and Halloween. Holiday World has uh, their uh, Halloween event as well, which is super cute and fun. Uh, great for families. Uh, uh, but Kings Island even has like the the Carnival, the International Carnival, which is like their yes, almost like Epcot festival. Yes. I would call it. That's, that's, but then yeah. Williamsburg has Christmas and Halloween, and like good. all these regional parks have like amazing really cool events that you're not priced out of and you can still go to and get honestly very quality if not sometimes better quality stuff than you're going to get at food and wine at epcot or at the halloween events at you know disney or etc you know along with those big chains um not that they're not good like i said but (laughs) you know that Hollywood food for the festival was just top tier. It was so good. It was better than anything I had at Flower and Garden at Epcot. Wow. Yes, and I will stand by that. <laughs> That's even before you take, you know, into consideration the the travel costs, the mm-hmm. you know, travel and lodging. If you know you live in the Midwest, you know, a trip to Florida. I mean, when I was a kid, we went, we came down to Disney World once. And you know, that was definitely not a regular thing for us. And so if you can get equal entertainment, you know, it's one thing if you're basing it on two different parks that are the same distance. But if you're like mm. looking at, you know, say an hour and a half drive versus a 16 hour drive or you know, looking at having to fly or whatever, you know, obviously it's nice to have entertainment that can can even out with what you're driving those 16 hours to see. I used to say like, don't have Disney level expectations for regional parks, but still have high expectations because you're going to have fun. Um, But like we've been talking about, honestly, now I'm not so sure I would say that. I would say (laughs) you can have Disney level expectations for these parks because you're going to get about the same now currently. Yeah. 
And and that's uh, I was I was actually about to to hit that. So that's funny that you said I'm that. So sorry. <laughs> no, that's perfect. Like you led into it for me. <laughs> I uh, like at, at this point, and and I've always kind of teetered on this. And Daniel and I have this conversation a lot. Um, the value for me is still mostly there for Universal. Mm. The value for me is almost completely gone for Disney. The only mm-hmm. redeeming quality right now for Disney is the offerings at their resorts, which is funny because it's not even in the park, but like they still have so many like good just resort, like whether it be dining or if they would ever bring mm. Hoop-de-Doo back and they better not kill that like everything else. <laughs> I love Hoop-de-Doo. So like I, I, for me personally, it's definitely where I stand. Like I would... I would much rather go stay a weekend and go to Kings Island or, I mean, Cedar Point has some excellent, excellent resort hotels and they've got a couple. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I mean, they're right on the beach, which is, I know, I know it's a Northern beach, but it's still the beach. <laughs> so you're getting a water park, a theme park and the beach in one exactly. ticket price. Like that's not something you get anywhere else. And it's not that pricey and like if you go on their website and the money's a you know like tight or whatever they give you the option if you book out eight months in advance you you only pay so much per month leading up to mm-hmm. the trip which it's not that expensive to begin with and like getting those nice accommodations plus like you said all that in your ticket the value is just almost out the window for me for for disney um and Universal's still there partially because their resorts are so cheap uh, mm-hmm. And I'm still a pass holder there until they make me angry. I will stay one, <laughs> but I, uh, their events are drawing me in just enough to care, but mm-hmm. I, I hate even saying that because I used to love these parks and I don't love them like I once did. I 100% agree. I've even done a couple like Twitter spaces. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure <laughs> whatever that is out. Um, but I've done, I did one once where we had basically this conversation for like almost two hours about like, my example was, well, first of all, back to what you're saying about Universal. Universal is still adding like new attractions and they're innovating and bringing more. Like they had their stint with the everything's a simulator and then they <laughs> found out people aren't liking that. Yes. And now we're getting coasters and dark rides and things at both parks, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Disney's not doing that. No. Um, but like what I brought up was like back in, you know, from the 70s to 2010s, um, which is a long time, but I, I'm not even so sure that I would even say it to the mid, you know, to the 2000s. Um, Disney was a place you went because what they had, you couldn't get anywhere else. You know, you got, and I'm not, I'm not just like harping on like old school nostalgia, but like backlog <laughs> tour, that was one thing. That's not something you get at every park. You don't have yeah. a catastrophe Canyon earthquake thing happening at every park. That's why you went to Disney and Universal or uh, things like at Epcot, being able to travel around the whole, you know, world and experience like the, like the cultures, the music, the food, the clothing, all that. Um from those cultures which you don't really have anymore because the entertainment's gone from world showcase so now i'll go to grand carnival at um king's island because i get that stuff you know these different dark rides and attractions that yes you had at other parks but not to the same level now other parks are able to do the same level if not sometimes better you know jungle cruise now you got the cedar point uh expedition 
Oh yeah. Pride that I forget that honestly is hilarious and I love it. Um, <laughs> but you know, you have parks doing what you're doing and sometimes even better now where Disney, you don't, Disney is just starting to become stagnant. They're like, like, like we've said earlier, especially you, Daniel, that you were like, you have what we offer higher price range each year. Yeah. Now you're paying for parking at the hotels. Now you have Disney genie without fast pass, which is, difficult to use so you're paying you're paying to park you're paying to lodge you're paying to go in the park and you're paying to and you're paying per ride to ride at this point if you want to ride something not to mention if you want to do special events and then food and then merchandise and when are we going to get to the point that we now pay for meet and greets or we pay to watch parades or we pay to you know do anything and like i know that there's like some extremist and silliness and like cartoons about disney and like the most expensive day ever but now like it really those shirts and stuff ran true it's the most expensive day ever and you're not getting that value that you once got from wanting to go to disney world absolutely yeah and honestly like i was already kind of at that point when we came down here and it has only increased since then i mean i have never been a Disney hotel fan. I've always thought that they are prohibitively expensive for what you're getting. I have always tried to stay off property if at all possible. Um, I basically, I think our first like extended trip down here, you know, back when I was still in Kentucky, um, it, we were looking at a brand new, super nice, suite for like 75 a night with like restaurants all over the place and you know several pools and just like you know i mean living like the you know the high life basically is what it seemed like <laughs> or you know and that was a, a you know 10 15 minute drive from magic kingdom um or from you know from the uh, you know their their parking I, and my competition you know my alternative was to stay you know 5 minutes closer to the park pay another you know 50 dollars a night for what's basically like, you know, a Motel 6 or something Mm -hmm. with some okay theming. And it's like, well, you know, this is a pretty easy decision for me. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a sad drop. And and I I hate to see it. And I I hope the future is brighter. I really do. Like, I don't want to always Mm -hmm. be disappointed. And um, it was put to us last week, uh, everyone's least favorite Bob. Um, <laughs> uh, I I do think it's going to take him not being there anymore. And part of me thinks maybe that was his role to begin with. Like he could deal with it. And he was the kind of person you put in that spot when, you know, things are going to be bad. Maybe that's okay. just it. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm hopeful that that's the case. And like, um, uh, somebody's going to step in and be the savior. So, so we'll see. <laughs> I, uh, I I could talk all night. Uh, I could go another hour on this, but I, I guess <laughs> I guess I should uh, should wrap up at this point. Uh, but we're we're very thankful that you joined us. This was a lot of fun. Um, come back anytime and and just jabber about theme parks with us. Uh, we're we're always happy to do that. <laughs> I am so grateful you guys invited me on. I had a blast, and you know, with my podcast being on that hiatus that's on right now, while I'm waiting for new equipment and stuff to 
better it. I this is like exactly what I needed to like give me that kick in the butt to get things back started. I had the best time. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm forward to that that to, to its return. Yes. But, uh, in the meantime, thank you for uh, you know staying uh, staying fresh and uh, you know coming in um, and getting a little little practice in with us. <laughs> And and go listen to his podcast. Uh, you've got you've got plenty of material there to to listen until until it gets booted back up. I, I promise. And it's all it's all really good. So go listen. Uh, yep. But uh, with that, uh, we'll get out of here tonight, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye bye.